Hey there, Koejo here, and I understand that running your own Facebook ads can be quite complicated and intimidating, and yet, at this point, you're not ready to hire out Facebook ad management. So, if this is you, I can teach you how to run your own Facebook ads. One-on-one, -on -one, unlimited support over the next 28 days. We will have three Zoom calls, and in between those calls, you get all the support and all my strategies I will audit your graphics, your ad copy, make sure that you're set up the way that's working best for my clients. We'll take care of all the analytics. I will coach you step-by-step step how to troubleshoot ads, how to know when to scale, and how to read all the signs so that you're equipped to run successful lead magnet campaigns and profitable sales campaigns and registration campaigns for your launch or what have you. If you need this kind of support from me right now, then click the link in the show notes below. It's the art of online business forward slash call. I've been doing this all along, but now the offer is just focused on helping you run your successful ad campaign within the next 28 days and the next five people get a pretty nice discount. All right, the link is in the show notes below. Back to the episode. Welcome to the Art of Online Business Podcast. My name is Rick Mulready, and I'm an online business coach, Facebook and Instagram ads expert, lifestyle entrepreneur, and I'm a total coffee snob as well. Each week, you're going to learn actionable strategies, mindsets, and tips that take the guesswork out of growing and scaling a profitable online business so that you can truly become an entrepreneur with impact. This podcast is your secret weapon for fast-tracking the growth of your online business. Let's do this. Hey, my friends. Welcome back to the podcast. Rick Mulready here. I hope this finds you well. You're safe. You're feeling good that your family and your loved ones are doing well. Hope you guys are doing great. We're doing well here in San Diego in my household. Maya is running around and she's like her personality is changing so fast. It's so awesome. But she wishes she could go on the swing on the playground up the street. But we're going out for a little walks here. We're doing as best we can, just like I know all of you are. So thanks so much for tuning in today. Really appreciate it. As I have been here on the podcast in an effort to help you lead your business through these turbulent and uncertain times. In addition to my own thoughts, my own coaching here on the on the podcast and, and helping you myself, I want to bring you lots of different perspectives on leading your business right now. The types of things that you have the opportunity to be doing, making sure that you're not, you know, being consumed by the fear, right? And continuing to show up and serve your audience who desperately wants you for that inspiration and that hope and, and to be the example of what's possible for them. Okay. And so today joining me on the show, I have a returning guest on the show and her name is Tarzan K. Tarzan is a friend of mine. She's a former copywriter and she's a super smart online business owner who she now helps people through her online courses and coaching programs. And she was a guest here on the show back in May of 2019 when we talked about how to create big revenue with a small email list. And 
The topic that Tarzan and I had talked about her coming on the show to discuss with me and all of you was we talked about this a while ago. It was how to be an honest marketer, how to show up for your audience in an authentic way, how to sell authentically and how to use things like urgency and scarcity in an authentic way, because so often we see that, you know, urgency and scarcity is used and it's not even <laughs> truly urgent. It's not authentic. It's not, tr- it's not real. And so that was the conversation that we had discussed having her on the show to talk about. And we talk about that here today, but we also talk about, you know, what's going on in uh, our current times, right? Through these, you know, uncertain and turbulent times that we're going through right now. And so we talk a lot about how Tarzan is leading her business, how she is helping her students. And we also talk about it from the perspective of being an honest marketer and showing up authentically for your audience and selling in that way. So it's a wide ranging discussion on these topics here. And then towards the end, we talk about, I asked, I asked Harzan, you know, what are the, some of the things that she's done to grow her business so quickly? Because her business exploded in 2019 and she really takes you through the types of things that made the biggest difference for her and the, the, basically the highest leverage activities that she did that allowed her to connect with people and, and just have, you know, a huge year in her business. So she walks you through all of that towards the end of this conversation here. Really good talk with Tarzan. I think you're going to love it. You're going to get a lot out of it. So without further ado, let's go hang out with Tarzan K. Tarzan, welcome back to the podcast. How are you doing? Well, how am I doing? Let's just acknowledge that we're in the middle of something that is unprecedented. And under those circumstances, I'm doing really well. And I have never been more grateful to be an entrepreneur and have the business that I have. Right? I mean, yeah. it's really, really cool. And, and, and guys, we were, Tarzan and I were talking before we hit record here just about just kind of what we're seeing out there and, and the gratitude that we do have to be in the position that, hey, we get to run our businesses from our laptops, from our home. Mm-hmm. I mean, we kind of self-quarantine anyway. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's not, it's not that different. I did just get back to Canada. So I've been in California for five weeks yeah. and I flew back with the kids and my husband drove back. So there was a bit of time there where I didn't have childcare. We had a nanny that was scheduled to come, which we mm-hmm. obviously canceled. Yep. So it threw things off a little bit, but also what is so special about this time right now is like, everything's just moving so much slower. And I love that so much. Like it just, I just want to like bathe in the slowness of everything right now. See, I agree with that. And when we're kind of in the same boat, as far as we weren't, I mean, we're here in San Diego, but you know, we have a nanny who who comes over and helps us a couple of days a week. Obviously she's not doing that. So my wife and I have kind of had to shift things around, but for me, as far as running the, like I'm as busy as ever (laughs) on Mm -hmm. calls and interviews (laughs) and, and coaching and all that stuff. And so it's really interesting. And, and, you know, we talked about how we want to chat about what's going on right now in this conversation. It's perfect for what we're going to talk about anyway. Right. Mm -hmm. And the the, the, the topic that you and I had chatted about leading into this interview was how to be an honest marketer. And, you know, we hear a lot about, marketing cliches and all that, how to be honest and all that stuff. And I think this 
what's going on right now is a perfect opportunity for all of us to step up and be authentic with our audiences and, and be the leaders that we are and, and just have those honest conversations with people and while still marketing. So yeah. what's, been, what's been your message to, I, I know that you had, you had your mastermind here in San Diego last week. You know, what's been sort of your messaging to your audience? Well, the trend that I'm seeing like on social media is a lot of people trying to say like, don't do it this way, do it this way. Sort of like, here's how to do the pandemic properly. I saw <laughs> yeah. this post that was like, it's a pandemic, not a productivity opportunity. And at first I was like, oh, it's so smart. What wisdom? And I was like, well, wait, why can't it be both? Like it can be, you know, for us entrepreneurs who are working from home from our laptops anyway, like it's not that much different. So it can be what you need it to be and what it is for you. And I think what's really important more than ever right now is that we talk about it and we talk honestly about it. Someone said in my mastermind, she was like, oh, I see people posting about like staying home and how much fun they're having with their kids. And I was like, wait a second, that is a construction Those of us who are at home, like I just spent three days at home with my kids by myself and we can't go and meet other kids or go to the playground. Like it's really hard. Like let's just show up and talk about what we're really doing and what we're honestly feeling because that's what's going to serve, like serve our communities more than anything. Absolutely. And there's no, I honestly haven't seen like that you should be doing it this way or that way. Like, look, like anybody who's sharing that sort of thing it's such a disservice, right? Like nobody totally. knows, you know? We don't know. This is unprecedented. Yeah, I was just, I was just, you and I both hung up from our, from our respective masterminds that we are part of, right? And like, yeah. I'm in there, these are six, seven, eight figure business owners. And we're all kind of like, all right, what do we do? Yeah. Like we're, we're all in this together. So somebody who says like they have the answer is they're doing you a disservice. But I, I do think that, and I'd love to get your perspective on this. You know, what I'm telling my audience here on the show and also my masterminds and stuff like that is that, look, this is not a time to stop. This is not a time to Mm -hmm. slow down and stop selling. You know, we have to shift. Yes. What was working last week, even, I mean, we're recording this right now on March 19th, first day of spring, by the way, as I look up at the calendar, Um, you know, it's, it's, you know, we have to shift. Right. We have, and, and we have to do exactly what we're doing right here is speak to the reality of what's going on. And we have a unique opportunity as business owners, as entrepreneurs to be able to contribute to the economy in a unique way from continuing to sell, continuing to serve, continuing to, you know, generate income so that we can support our teams who are relying on us for mm-hmm. jobs and, and all that type of stuff. What are, what are you, you know, what's kind of your angle on, on, on sharing all that? Yeah, so uh, similar. We have this unique skill set, being able to work from home and having a job that gives us geographic and financial freedom. These skills that we're sharing are so important. And people are, many people are faced with like a reality check right now and seeing like what's really important and what skills do I need for the future? We have them, so we have to talk about them. And the other thing is like, How you get through this, Rick, is how the people in your community get through that. So I see such a responsibility to my community to show up and be a a voice of hope 
to be a voice of peace. Like this is more important than ever because people are looking to us to say, what do I do right now? The business owners in my community, like on our mastermind call today, as with yours, basically everyone had the same question. Should I postpone my launch? Should I launch this thing or should I not? Is it okay to be talking about this right now? Specifically for those that are teaching a skill set that gives people financial freedom so that if their employer suddenly lays them off without pay, as some employers are doing, you're going to be okay. Like as an entrepreneur, we do not have that problem. If you suddenly have to work from home, you already have that skill set. Also for those that are in like more of the personal development and healing space, like this is a global crisis and we are faced, like, I feel like we are on the cusp of a great awakening culturally because of what we are forced to look at right now. Mm. And for that reason, I also think that people in the personal development, spiritual growth, people in that space, like we need those voices more than ever. We need people to like, we need your support to get us through it. So I don't think it's right for everyone. Like one of my clients has Like she helps luxury brands, like luxury beauty brands Mm -hmm. promote themselves. You know, like this isn't probably isn't a time when people are thinking about buying luxury goods. So that might be like, she's going to be looking at different types of offers. You know, she might be not be doing like a big public facing launch. She might be talking to her top tier clients and selling them things behind the scenes that are like either to help them get through this period or to help them make a plan to get out of it. Like there's a place for us. I think we like, there's a place for most people's services and most people's messages. It just has to be relevant to where we're at today, which means you also can't prepare stuff. You can't write emails that you're going to send four weeks from now. I know, right? Like I was just joking <laughs> with you, but beforehand is like, so I have, I'm, I'm really working on this as far as batching episodes and planning them out and stuff like that. <laughs> and I, I tend to be very behind in recording stuff. I'm actually getting ahead right now, but as far as when episodes are planned to come out and stuff like that, this is a good thing in that I'm very fluid right now. You know? Yeah. I'm on the receiving end of this too. I normally am such a planner, but because I was five weeks in California, I got so behind and I have not written promo emails for a program I'm promoting that starts April 1st. I haven't written a single promo email and now I'm like, okay, I can be peaceful around this. Like I probably would have had to edit. I definitely would have edited every single one of those emails anyway. Yeah. I mean, because it, it just like the luxury brand uh, person you did, you're just talking about, you know, we have to, at this point, think outside the box. We have mm-hmm. to get creative in not only our potentially our offers, but also our message, especially our messaging, right? Mm-hmm. How are we, you know, again, going back to what we were saying earlier, showing up as the, our, you know, authentic Lee mm-hmm. authentically to our audience and, addressing what's going on and not hiding from it. Because I think the people that hide from it and don't address it with their audiences and just kind of act like what, you know, that's going to be, that's going to hurt them. I do think, I do think. Well, it just falls flat. It's like, what, what is this? Is this pre-recorded? Like anything that's showing up in my newsfeed that doesn't feel timely right now is like, what is this? Like, why, why am I looking at this right now? Yeah. Yeah. I've been getting a lot of questions around, you know, ads, especially, you know, Mm -hmm. and I've had some people saying they're getting amazing lead costs, like lower (laughs) than they've, they've, they've ever gotten. And I've had others say like, you know, Hey, I'm getting really high lead costs. And my immediate question is, have you shifted the messaging that you previously ran with it? 
because you yeah. know, one person's coming to mind. They said, you know what? I'm just rerunning that same ads from, I don't know when it was a month ago or something like that. And I was like, well, that's a problem right there. Yeah. Is yeah. You've got to change the messaging. And you know, it, it, again, it's just being in tuned to what's going mm-hmm. on. And I think for everybody who has audiences out there, guys, I've been talking about this is this is an amazing opportunity to lean into them. If you haven't already to really be listening to them, to see what their challenges are, what are they thinking? What are they saying? and how you can uniquely help them in this opportunity. So Yeah, completely agreed. And oftentimes it's just like, you don't have to create a whole bunch of new content. It's more just about creating a bridge for them. Like, here's the thing that like, let's say you have a pre-recorded webinar. The topic is still the, co- the topic. You just need to create some content in between, like in between the webinar registration and their Facebook feed. That's like, here's why this is important and timely right now. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. I do want to talk about some of the things that we originally, you know, we're going to, we're going to be talking about because (laughs) again, it's completely relevant to this whole conversation and you know, it's how to be an honest marketer. We hear a lot of cliches out there, right? And so in your mind, what are some things that you're, when it comes to the, you know, well, an example, first of all, in your mind, what is an example of a marketing cliche? Only 10 spaces left. You will never (laughs) see this price again. Limited edition. Like there's so many. There's just so many. And in some cases, they're really true. Um, But in many cases, and especially, I see this especially with like people that are new to marketing and maybe they're writing a sales page or a Facebook ad for the first time. And they're like, oh, I always see people saying like a really common thing I see in emails a lot is like, spaces are going fast or like this is will be sold out soon or something like that. Like just Mm -hmm. throwing it in there because we're used to seeing urgency and we know that urgency sells and this is what people say to create urgency. So I'm just going to say that too, especially. And if you're promo emails in advance, you can kind of tell yourself like, well, this by day three, like this will probably be true. So I'm just going to write it. And if you've never tested your product or promoted it before Mm -hmm. or had a really successful promotion, like, you don't know if that's true. You're just guessing. So before we like, before we start throwing all those cliches in there, all you really have to do is like, ask yourself a simple question. Is this true? That's it. And if it's a stretch, if you have to say, well, kind of, because like, if there's any explanation, it's not true. So we just need to stick to stick to it being true because for one thing, there's so many reasons to not use cliches. Like when we see cliches, we just glaze over. Like I don't even, I'm just, I'm probably not even reading it. I probably just scrolled past it because I've seen it so many times. I'm just like, I'm blind to it. So for one thing, just don't use those phrases you see all the time. But also even when we do read it, like people know, I don't know how we know, like maybe it's just our intuitive sense, but people can connect the dots. Like let's say you have like the slickest, hottest branding. Like, I don't know how you would get that if you were fresh on the scene, but let's just say like you invested all this money and you had the best copywriter and the best design and like everything looked perfect. And it looked like you were the hottest star on the internet scene. And then your email said like spaces will be, you know, places are selling out fast. Okay. Well, in that scenario, it could be like more believable. But in the, like, let's say you're more of like a startup marketer and Mm -hmm. 
Thank goodness you didn't wait until everything is perfect. Like, well done. You launched your thing. But we know enough, like without consciously being aware of like, oh, this branding looks a little janky. It looks a little handmade. Therefore, this claim about spaces selling out fast is probably not true. Like people may not make that direct link. But when you see enough marketing, it becomes pretty obvious, even if it's at the subconscious level. So we just like, it's so simple. It just has to, we just have to be honest and true, but we have to know, like, you just have to recognize that like your brain is just going to override that because you've seen so many of the same promotions and the scarcity and urgency in the same ways. You just sort of like vomit it out all over the page. And then you have to take a second look at it and say like, okay, let's just step back. What's true. What is a stretch? So what is true scarcity then? Because because it's, it's, you know, it's psychology, urgency mm-hmm. and scarcity does mm-hmm. help people make a, a decision, right? Mm-hmm. More, more quickly than if they like, oh, I have all the time in the world. So what in your mind, what does true scarcity look like? Okay. So the way I've handled this in the past is like, for one thing, you, you, you have to actually engineer some scarcity. You can't just like have, like, let's say you have a digital course and there's unlimited spots. Like, Mm -hmm. well, you can't manufacture scarcity out of that. But in like, let's say you don't have a large audience, but you have like, let's say you have 300 people in your audience and you're going to launch a group program for the first time. And you're going to make it really clear. There's only 10 spots. So even just saying there are only 10 spots, that is scarcity, but it's also true. It becomes not true when you start adding the urgency of like spaces are selling out fast. So you have to look at like, you know, creating something that is actually scarce. One thing that I have done in the past is like when I, and I, I feel like this actually really worked for creating urgency and scarcity in an honest way is I was like, okay, I have this program or let's say I have this special bonus. It's only available for the first 10 people. I've never launched this before. So I don't actually know this could sell out in 10 minutes or it could be available three days from now. If you want to take the chance and wait three days, like it might be available. If you really want to lock it in, you should get it right now. And everything about that is completely honest and true. And people always appreciate that and respond to that so well. Yeah. People are going to appreciate that. Something like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now, yeah. What What about? Do you have any other examples of that? Because as you're well, talking about, that, I'm, I'm thinking, ahead. I'm thinking like you do need, in my mind, and this is something that you know I've worked through over the past six years, is like you do need some sort of urgency and scarcity. Because the way that totally. I look at, but yeah, I'm not yeah. saying like fabricate or anything like that. But it's when we are yeah. doing people a service Huge. by getting them to take action because our, yeah. you know, our goal as business owners is we want to impact people and help them. And we know that we're not able to do that necessarily through our program, for example, if they don't actually do it and jump into it and consume it and go through it. And so using this sort of thing to get them in there so that we can, so we can truly help them is we're doing them a service. Yeah. And I completely agree. Urgency and scarcity are most important. They're like something, you know, all copywriters learn about on day one is like, how can I create urgency and scarcity? It's for sure really important. What's not okay though, is to use that as an excuse to basically lie to people in a subtle way, but you don't have to, because let's say you are launching a digital course and unlimited people can sign up. So there really is no scarcity of spots. Well, you can always have urgency just by having a deadline. So that 
creates urgency. You can also have expiring bonuses that adds another layer of urgency. It adds a, like threads, a layer of urgency throughout the launch. If you have like bonuses that are periodically expiring, you can also create scarcity by having a limited number for the bonus. So, okay. As an example, this is something that I'm promoting next week. There's layers of urgency and scarcity built into just the fast action bonus. So Mm -hmm. the cart is open for eight days, but for the first two days, anyone who signs up on the first two days gets to do this one day mastermind in Puerto Rico. So that adds some urgency and I'm going to really enforce that in the first, the emails on day one and day two. Mm -hmm. There's also a layer of scarcity because we also added like a pool party the night before that's limited to 12 people. Mm-hmm. So there, now there's also some scarcity and that's a bone, like this is a highly scaled offer. Like there's no limit to how many people can buy. There's sure. a limit to how many people get the fast action bonus. Like there's the urgency factor. They have to sign up before day two. There's also the scarcity factor. If they sign up really early right away, then they get the pool party. And then there's also, well, you know what? I could go on all day with the, sure. the bonuses and stuff. I do think just a total side note, open parentheses about, expiring bonuses. If you add so like the more expiring bonuses you add, the more layers of complexity you add to your launch. And I definitely have made the mistake in the earlier days of my business, like trying to do all the expiring bonuses and it felt so overwhelming and I didn't have enough support to track and deliver all those things. So I wouldn't recommend like everyone have a ton of expiring bonuses, but the fast action is really important to create that urgency and that scarcity. Close parentheses on bonuses. (laughs) Let's talk tactical for a second because you bring up a great point as far as expiring bonuses and tracking that stuff. Okay. Yeah. How how do you do it? (laughs) Oh my gosh. Okay. So just from a perspective, okay, before we even get to tracking, it depends. First of all, it depends if it's my launch or someone else's. In this case, with the program that I'm promoting next week, it's an affiliate promotion. So at the end of the promotion, we will get a list and most people with affiliate programs will provide you with this. Sure. We'll get a list of everyone's name and email, including the time that they bought. So we can just look and see exactly what promotions they're or what bonuses they're eligible for. It does make the delivery sequence like a bit, a bit tricky, the onboarding emails, but you just have to sort of sit down and create a chart of the different onboarding, like delivery emails that you need for your bonuses. But like anywhere, like let's say it's my own launch and I'm, I'm processing the sales through Samcart. Well, we also there can just get a printout of the exact time that everybody bought and deliver based on that. What I think trips people up even before that though, is actually like laying out the bonuses. And there's lots of different software that does this, but we use lead pages. One thing I love about lead pages is like the countdown timers with a hide show feature. So it's like, Oh yeah. It's like, you know, Thursday night at midnight, Puerto Rico mastermind expires. Therefore that section is set to hide. And then at the same time, there'll be a new bonus that is announced. So there'll be another section that is set to show on, you know, Friday at 1201 AM. Great feature. Within the page? Yeah. I did not know that. Oh my that's, gosh. It's the best thing. That's pretty freaking yeah. cool. Actually, oh, what, yeah. 
what I used to do is like stay up at midnight till midnight and like hide the section and show the other section. No, it does it for you. And you don't even have to show the countdown timer. You can just like add a countdown timer to that section, hide it. Yeah. It can be invisible. I mean, why not make it visible in some cases? Yeah, sure. You don't want count. You don't want a hundred countdown timers all over the page, but it is a really handy feature for hiding and showing bonuses. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah. On a live launch, on a live launch. I want to shift a little bit to, you know, kind of going back to the original conversation as well about being honest and open without just spewing BS <laughs> along the way. And, Cause this is a, this is a fine line that so many people question and I have in the past as well. Like how, like, yeah. and what, you know, how much do you, are, are you sharing from an honesty perspective versus like just people often make stuff up. So they can yeah. come across as being authentic, but it's completely inauthentic. What's your, what's your thought on this? Yeah. Okay. So I saw a post from Laura Belgray. She, she coined, I think she coined this term vulnerable, mm-hmm. which is like, just like basically talking about whatever is like scary and uncomfortable, but not really like, you know, something like a scary and uncomfortable topic, like when you're on the other side of it, like that's something that is really common and doesn't actually have, it's not as effective to like tell a story of like, we need all of these stories, but we need to understand like what role they're playing. So it doesn't count as being vulnerable and open when you're sharing a story of something that happened five years ago that you're now firmly on the other side of. It just doesn't, you know, it's just, it's not going to ring as true. Right. On the other hand, I also don't think like, like as a leader, we also have to have our together. Right. Like I, it's also not good to like be like sort of bleeding all over the place, showing people your open wounds. Like, I think you kind of have to go through your hard stuff. And when you feel like I'm, when you're still in it to share it, but not share it, like to share it in such a way that it feels like there's a lesson and it's helpful to other people. Because sometimes I think if we overshare about all the hard stuff, it kind of just, it's kind of just comes off as heavy and not very helpful. So there's, yeah, sort of have to strike a balance, like not when you're in like the ugly muck of it, but also not when you're like on the bright and shiny side where you're not feeling the pain at all anymore. I, I totally agree. And this is a topic that, you know, I talked to my mastermind about my groups and, you know, it's like, just be, be careful because I, I wish more people did this because most people just share the shiny stuff and mm-hmm. they think like, oh my God, like they have like no problems <laughs> in their business, for example. Mm-hmm. And, and like, you know, I may, for example, I might know that person personally, and I'm yes. like, Geez, if you only Wait. knew, it is yeah. not the case at all. And I feel like it's doing such a disservice to, yeah. to only show that side. But you're totally right. There is a fine line in how you do it. It's not necessarily only showing or only sharing like when you're in the muck of it because when there's no nothing on the other side. But yeah. I, I like how you say that like there's a fine line between what you're sharing and when you're sharing it. Yeah. uh, Yeah, definitely. Like if it feels hopeless for you, it's going to feel hopeless for your audience as well. So what purpose does that serve? But yeah, I have found with my email subscribers, like people appreciate it so much when you just share what's really happening and like, Hey, here's something I'm struggling with. I did a, I had a launch last year. I learned a really great lesson last year. 
like I did two launches back to back and the second one, it wasn't a total flop, but by my definition, it felt like a flop. Mm -hmm. So not in the middle of it, like shortly after I had debriefed the thing and taken a hard look at it and really figured out what my big takeaways were. And I was still a bit raw because it didn't feel good to have a flop, but I also was really clear, like, oh, there's some really good lessons here that I feel like my audience would want to hear. And plus they've seen me go through these two launches, like they've been on the receiving end of them. So this would be like something great that I could give. And I just did a debrief of that second launch. I also talked about the first one. So they knew like, Hey, I actually know what I'm doing. And here's what I did with the second one. Here's why I think it didn't land. Here's some lessons and what you could possibly take away from it. And they appreciate that so much. Totally. Because it makes them, it makes you more relatable to them. Yeah. And often like the most, I don't know about you, Rick, but I feel like some of the, like the most important lessons that I've learned in my business have been on the end of like a big flop. Yeah. So I, I got like, I got to share that. Like I, when I, when things go exactly as planned and it's like so sunny and beautiful and I made all the sales that I intended to make and everything that I tried worked like, well, great. That was a great launch and I'm proud of it. But what did I really learn? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. (laughs) And then sharing that along the way. Yeah. Yeah. I want to kind of shift gears a little bit. We talked a little bit about this the last time you were on when we talked about, you know, having big launches with with such a small email list. And we did touch on this, but I want to just talk talk about it again, because you've done such an amazing job, not only growing your business, but really connecting. You're speaking on, you spoke at at ConvertKit last week, speaking on lots of stages and stuff like that. What's some of the, and talk about lessons, what's, what, what have been mm. what's some of your lessons along the way and how you've been able to, you know, connect with so many people and just really grow, you, you've grown your business very quickly. And, you know, what are some, what are some lessons along the way and how you've done that? Okay. So one of the reasons I think that my business has grown so quickly is that I've been very intentional about who I show up next to. And so when I'm, you know, I'm strategically pitching podcasts and showing up at events with people that I want to be associated with. Mm-hmm. ConvertKit's a great example. I love the software. I promote their software. They're just like an awesome company. Also, they attract really great speakers. Like that is a stage that I am so 100% willing and I'm so there for that. Sure. Um, just a side, like obviously, who would say no to ConvertKit when you're an email expert? Like, come on. It's mm-hmm. like an obvious match. But just side note about speaking, like I have had a small number of speaking opportunities. Like I'm going to say, you know, I've been in business four and a half years and I've maybe spoken on like five stages. Mm-hmm. So, and they haven't all been like, some of them have been in front of a small number of people, you know, like a few dozen and to the largest was like a thousand. But I have always taken it just as seriously if there's a small number of people. I over-prepare so much for, like, if, if I'm speaking on your stage, like, at 9 a.m., I was up in my re- hotel room at 6. I was, like, rehearsing it in front of the makeup artist mm-hmm. and probably, like, three more times backstage. Like, I really, <laughs> really over-prepare because those visibility opportunities where you're actually in front of someone face to face are so valuable. Oh my gosh. Like they are like, like someone who saw you on stage, you didn't even have like, you weren't even, let's say you weren't even allowed to offer a lead magnet. 
They saw you on stage. They spent an hour with you or 20 minutes or whatever. Maybe you shook their hand. They went to your website and they downloaded your free thing. And now they read your emails, but they already met you. So they feel like they know you. Like that one person is worth like a hundred people that came from a cold Facebook ad. Like it's so, so valuable. And the other thing is, well, I don't know. Wait, let's just step back for a second. You are the Facebook ads expert. So maybe yeah. you want to issue a rebuttal. I mean, no, I agree with you. There is, awesome. okay. yeah, I, no, I do. I think there's yeah. huge opportunities in just doing that and showing up like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. I just wanted, I wanted to give you a second there and side note, like I also invest a lot into Facebook ads. So I yeah. believe in getting people cold onto my list as well, but mm -hmm. those opportunities are so valuable. And also like the way you show up for the people that give you visibility opportunities and a great example for my business, I spoke in 2018, I spoke at Amy Porterfield's event, the entrepreneur experience. And I was like, Oh man, Anything Amy asked me to do, I'm going to like a million percent over deliver because I know it's going to come back to me like a hundred times over. So like, I, that's another reason to look at, like, just by, you know, when you're connected with an influencer, like they mention you one time on their podcast or, you know, somewhere else. And like, all of a sudden, all these people are after you and want you. So mm -hmm. like understanding who you align yourself with is so, so important. And when you align yourself with them to like really impress that person so much that they, they can like, it's actually kind of rare to be able to just refer someone to just like talk about someone publicly and be like, this person is amazing. Like if you buy their thing, like I know they're going to deliver. Like when you can talk about someone like that publicly, like it's like, amazing and rare. So you have kind of have to convince people that like, yeah, like you can talk about your podcast and be like, Oh my God, Tarzan is amazing. Like whatever she's selling, like you should buy, but you have to inspire that sort of confidence so that an influencer can like authentically say that about you. A hundred percent. And the theme that you're touching on here, we talk about this a lot in the show is leading with value serving, mm -hmm. like once you figure out who you want to align with or, you know, mm -hmm. for, you know, for a, a conference or whatever that you're going to be at, preparing, how do I add value as much value to the, either to that person, to their audience, to, you know, the people in, in the audience, it's leading with that. Cause so much, yeah. I see this all the time. And I see people asking like, Hey, how do I connect with that person? They're like, can I just reach out to them? You know, it's like, no, like do your homework first. Yes. Like, yes, totally. Like, if you want this, yeah. do the work for it and figure out how you can help them and lead with that. Yeah. Okay. So I have an example of this. And now that this episode is being rushed out, I'm like, oh, shit, we have to deliver on this. So when I pitched you to come back on your podcast, I wasn't like, hey, Rick, great fun last time. Didn't that do well? Like, let's do it again. No, I was like really intentional about a story that I came to you with. Yeah. And I also said, I will create an Instagram story for you. Mm -hmm. I also said, I will write the email takeover. It'll be so fun. Like I'll yeah. take over your email. You know, now I have to go do those things. So I'm going to go do them after this call. But um, <laughs> well, that, I don't know if there's- That stands out though. That stands out. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, just going like- a little bit extra. And I think when we're pitching for a podcast or to speak on stage, like I think people often come at it with like, like sort of a, what can I get from this? And yeah. you got to understand, like 
if you're Rick Mulready, a lot of people are trying to get access to your audience. A lot of people want to get on your stage. They want to get access to your people. Mm-hmm. So, and you, on the other hand, have like spent years and a lot of time, like a lot yeah. of resources building this audience. So we have to recognize like, it is a huge privilege to show up in front of someone else's audience, whether you're speaking to 20 people in a private mastermind call or to 2000 people on a stage. It's such an incredible privilege. A lot of people are trying to get on that stage or get on that podcast or whatever so that they can get the leads and get more people. So I think when you're, anytime you're pitching, like I always think about it, like, How can I be a pattern interrupt in this person's inbox? What can I give them that would make this like such an easy yes? Yeah. As you're saying that, I'm thinking, I literally got an email this morning and the subject line was good. It was something something about who can I connect you with or something like that. Yeah. I could see the first, I didn't even open up. I can see the first line of the email. It said, hey, Rick, I don't know if you have a podcast or not. Oh my God. <laughs> and, uh, oh my God. and I didn't even like, obviously didn't open up with that. Like, really? Like, oh come my on, God. come on. Yeah. Don't, don't send like, don't send me this mass email that you just put, throw my name on there. And like, that happens a lot. And when you yeah. approach it the oh way that you're God. talking about, that yeah. is how you're going to make those connections. Yeah. Like it's so easy to just like do something a little bit outside the box. And all of a sudden you're like this bright spot amongst a million pitches. I'll give you one more example. I was pitching for Jenna Kutcher's podcast, the gold digger podcast. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, um, in my pitch I did like, so I took a screen grab of, I took a screen grab of like, you know, the, when you open up the podcast app and you're playing an episode and you can see the show notes. So I took a screen grab and then I put it in Canva and I like changed the title and I like wrote some of the description. Like it was (laughs) cute and it was really funny. And, um, I heard back from her right away, her podcast manager. And she was like, she thanked me. She said, Oh my God, this was such a great pitch. Like, thank you so much. I received so many of the same boring stuff all day long. Like it was so appreciated. Yeah. And all you did was go into can you thought a little bit like, Oh, what, what, what can I creatively do to stand out a little bit? Go into Canva, which is a free tool and you know, do a little fun something there. Yeah, totally. And another way to approach that is like, okay, what's involved like for to be on your podcast, like for every podcast episode, there is so much involved, so many things that need to be done. Like if you can take care of just one of those things, like how fun would that be? So I offered to take care of two, which is the Instagram story and the email. Boom. Like that's already a win. It takes stuff off your plate. But you know, when it comes to like, let's say it's a live event, like there are so many tasks and even just something as simple as like greeting people and telling them where to go when they get there. Like if you can sort of just add value, like help people is help them. Just help them. When we, like, when we hear the term add value, it sounds like, I think people default to, well, I should teach something or I have to like give something, do something more. Well, just help them. Like we yeah. all could use a little helping hand here and there. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think that's a good way to, uh, to wrap things up when leading with service, you know, in normal times or in the times that we're doing that we're dealing with right now, lead with love, lead with service, lead with value and just continue to show up and, and serve. So Tarzan, thank you so much for coming back on and sharing this and having this discussion with me. 
this wasn't, you know, we, we talked about what we were originally going to talk about, but we also <laughs> talked about some different stuff here, but I think it, it all melds well together and is just a, just a great conversation to be having right now. So thank you so much for coming back on. Where can people connect with you? Like I'm on your email list because I love the emails that you write. Ah, where, can, you. Uh, where can we, where can we have people connect with you? Uh, thank you for saying that. I love that you're on my email list. Sometimes I go into ConvertKit and I search people's names to be like, is this person on my email list? Wouldn't it be so cool? I have never done that actually. <laughs> oh, you should just like search all your famous friends. <laughs> See who's on there. You could drop their name in an email. It'd be so funny. Okay. So in terms of social media, I am the most active on Instagram. I do stories every day and I feel like some of my best writing is happening there. I'm also really active in my DM. So that's the best place to actually talk to me. Yep. And um, if you go to my website, tarzank.com, I have so many beautiful gifts, but there's some email gifts, actually not gifs. I say gifs, many beautiful gifts. There are, uh, there's a 10 email promo sequence swipe. If you need help writing emails, getting better at your emails, the best thing to do is just get on my email list through whatever channel and get yep. the emails. Cause I'm doing some really good stuff there. Yeah. And the other thing too, is like, just along those lines, like what I'm looking for is just getting inspiration in, in how Tarzan is sharing things in her mm -hmm. emails. And it's just straightforward. It's everything that we talked about today from an honest conversational approach and without like, you know, sharing things that are going on in her life with, you know, like it just, it's good stuff. So guys, Get on the email list there, connect with her on Instagram, shoot her a DM, test her on that to make sure that she does get back to you. <laughs> and uh, thanks again, Tarzan. I super appreciate it. All right. Hope you got a ton out of this one with Tarzan today. Coming up on the podcast, got another great episode coming your way. As I've been mentioning, I'm going to be a little bit fluid here on the podcast. I want to be serving you as best I possibly can through these times. And so I'm going to be bringing you episodes that I think are going to be really, really helpful for you. Not that that's any different than I normally do, but uh, especially with these times now, if there's a topic or a guest that you'd love to hear from here on the show, shoot me a DM. Okay. Shoot me a DM on Instagram at Rick Mulready is my handle on Instagram. Do you call it a handle? My Instagram name? whatever, <laughs> at Rick Mulready. Shoot me a DM there. Let me know what you want to hear from me or a guest or whatever. And if you've not already subscribed to the podcast, make sure that you do that so that you're not missing any of the episodes that I'm putting out here for the show for you. I am here for you. I'm here to support you. You've got this. Keep moving forward. Keep continuing to show up as the leader that you are to serve your audience and lead with value, lead with love, and lead with service. Okay, I'll see you right back here for the next episode here on the Art of Online Business Podcast. Do you want to avoid the seven biggest mistakes that burn through course creators' ad money? I see these over and over and over again, and I put them together in a mini email series. This is not fluff. Each of the seven mistakes, I also have a recorded video tutorial showing you inside of Facebook Ad Manager how to fix those mistakes. This is good, solid, and it will save you money or help you make more money with your Facebook ads. Click down in the show notes below. You'll see the link and you can go download it right now for free.